1: All right, here we go. Salute to Knicks Nation. We have a special edition of Knicks Fan TV. The season is over, but now the offseason kicks in. And joining us today, he's a former NBA executive and currently serves as a front office insider for ESPN. Bobby Marks makes his debut on Knicks Fan TV, man. Bobby, good morning. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely, man. So, uh, unfortunately, this next season has come to an end two games away from the Eastern Conference Finals, losing to the Heat in six games. How do you look back on this next season?
2: I mean, hey, anytime you win 10 more games in the prior year and you get to a second round the first time since, what, 2014 when you lost to Indiana, um, I think it's a successful season. I think people always look at, right, short term, right, how it ended, losing, to Miami, um, you know, certainly an eight, you know, I guess we call them an eight seed, not really a, a quasi eight seed here, but, um, I, I think when you look at a big picture, they're in a better shape than they were now compared to after they lost to Atlanta in 2021. I think the foundation, um, is a lot more clear. I think there's a direction as far as how this roster is probably going to be um, built. Um, they didn't have Jalen Brunson in 2021. They do now. Um, as we know they got all these draft picks and young players and all that but i it's a building block here i mean i think you've learned i think what you did was you learned in the cleveland and miami series like who fits and who doesn't right and how do we go out and and address that because as you as you see right now like there's so much parity in this league right there's no like one dominant team um you've got an an eight C with the Lakers. You got a eight C or 7C with the Lakers and eight C with Miami here. And um, you know, one, one move over the off season kind of can put you into that, you know, top one or top two in the Eastern conference.
1: Yeah, and as you see uh, with the Lakers and the Heat, two play-in teams making all the way to the conference finals. I'm sure a- Adam Silver is happy about that. And with the new CBA coming into play, it looks like they're trying to level the playing field a little bit. As we look into to off season priorities, what do you what do you think? You know, some of the positions of, of need are for this team.
2: Well, I think you, you certainly would like to get some more shooting off your bench, right? I think that's going to be a um, a priority for you. You know, they, there's not many free agents on this roster, as you know. You know, Derek Rose is basically, you know, he's got a, a team option. I'm expecting that to get declined just based on where they are financially. I mean, it just makes sense financially because then that would give them um, some more flexibility. Go out and use your your uh, non-tax mid-level, which is right around $12.2 million. Um, certainly starts with Josh Hart, figuring out what the comfort level um, on a new uh, contract for him got this unique contract. It's a $13 million player option, but if he decli- if X opts in, the contract becomes non-guaranteed. So yeah. I would expect him to decline that. Um, I think you're probably looking at like 16, 17 in that range for him. And then that gives you some more flexibility to go out and um, go out and maybe you can find a, a shooter. Um, you don't have a draft pick or first or second round, but you have the, you have so many of, you have your own, You've got the Dallas first, you've got a Milwaukee first, you've got a Detroit, a Washington, that you can go in and get one if you wanted to. You see somebody you like in the in the draft here. Um, but I do think it starts with shooting, um, just kind of, you know, solidify um your your bench a little bit as far as your you know your backcourt.
1: Yeah, I think they need shooting desperately. Yeah, maybe even a Max Truce who killed them in, in this series. He's a great a name.
2: Agent. Great
1: name. I, you yeah. know, I, I look at a Seth Curry. Uh, Knicks fans hate me for this, but even an Alec Burks, who had an outstanding year for Detroit, maybe a, re, a return of Alec Burks. You know, some of those low end of, of the free agent market type of guys. I think they could also use another wing defender. You know, maybe like a Tory Craig uh, from Phoenix, six seven, 40% from three. Can guard those positions, plays tough there. I think, you know, wing defense and uh, and three-point shooting is definitely a must. Now, a lot of Knicks fans are are gonna be in the star hunt as they usually are around this type of year. We just saw Doc Rivers was let go from Phoenix. The Harden to Houston rumors are heating up. Do you think there's there's a big name out there who could be made available in, in this offseason?
2: Well, if it's it's gonna be interesting because you mentioned the new CBA um i'm I'm expecting a lot of activity um mm. the next year here because what's happened is is that a lot of these rules um that are going to come in place don't come in place until next off season so basically the league is saying, you know get your house in order, right get your finances in order get we'll give you a one year pass basically to get everything in order here. so you could be seeing it's gonna be a lot harder for teams to make trades um next uh next off season that's why I think like. Outside of maybe some of these smaller market teams like the Indianas and OKC and the the Utahs, I think the Knicks are sitting in a perfect spot. Mm. Perfect spot because they have everything, you know, the next disgruntled all-star, whether it be, you know, we'll see what happens in Portland with Damian Lillard and certainly Carl Anthony Towns and Minnesota, players like that. You've got all the draft picks, as we said. You've got controllable contracts. You've got young players here. You kind of check the boxes as far as it's similar to what we saw last year when they went through with Cleveland, uh, with uh, Utah, with, with Donovan. Um, So it's a matter of like, how much are you willing to give in then? Like, that's always the big thing. Like how much are you willing to kind of push in to still have that flexibility? Because the days of having three players on max contracts are over. Mm -hmm. Like it's like, you're, you're not going to be able to do that anymore, especially if you don't have draft picks here. And I think with New York, with Brunson, Barrett, Randall, three guys making less than twenty-eight million dollars here. You kind of a, have a lot of those sweet spot contracts here. So for me, it's just a matter of how much restraint you have, right? Like, yeah. I don't know if mb will be become available. I think that's maybe a year from now. We'll right. see what happens right. in, in Philadelphia here. Yeah. Lillard is interesting just because you know last night I thought Portland was going to team that was going to win the lottery. <laughs> I really did. I thought yeah, here folks, it is, he right? Folks, yeah, here, here yeah. it comes. You know, yeah. and he now it's like, all right, what do you do with the third pick in a draft? Can you try to upgrade and move that pick for something to, you know, we see Scoot Henderson as the name there, but does that Mm. make sense with Lillard and Simons already? Um, There's always somebody out there, right? There's, I mean, listen, the wizards don't have a general manager as we speak. I would say if, if, if you want to move Bradley Beal, like this is your window to do it. Mm. Like this is your, you, if you don't do it by next, by next offseason, it makes it extremely harder here so that's certainly a name, like, you know, but it's a big number, you know, it's, yeah, it's, yeah, three years, $200 million left on his contract here. So there's, as I said, there's always going to be one or two names floating about. I mean, this is why the pre-draft camp out here, this is kind of where everything starts, right? This mm. is where like the stations. But as I said, like the New York Knicks are in prime position, like they're in prime position with, with everything, you know, they're up there with, you know, Utah and, and San Antonio and teams that have all these draft assets here. But if um, you know if they want to go out and try to get that guy, that does become available, I just think it's a matter of like how much are you willing to kind of give, you know, give, and can you still hold on to something for somebody, you know, somebody else out there?
1: Yeah, sure, indeed. I, I'm also looking at the Clipper situation. What does Balmer want to do with that team? Could a guy like a Paul George potentially shake loose? I don't know if that's a next year thing or this year, but it'll be interesting to that's see what great names.
2: That's a great name, and it's interesting with the Clippers because they've got that brand new arena that's going to start right. in twenty four twenty five, right? right? Like it's that's like right. yeah. the, the worst perfect storm for them. They've got they've got this new arena. The tease of when these both when both players are on the court, they're I think they're a championship level team, but we've yes. only seen that what like forty percent of the time over the last four years. Yeah. And both guys are extension eligible this off season, so um, are you willing to kind of extend long term here? Um, so those are, yeah, those are two other good names.
1: Yeah, indeed. And as you mentioned, with that second tax apron uh, being put in with the new CBA, it'll be very interesting to see how these teams, you know, adjust those rosters to uh, to not get hit, because there seem like some hefty hefty penalties there if you hit that apron, and uh, could could affect your draft, could affect free agency, trade, so on and so forth. So it seems like a
2: very big deal. Yeah, you don't want to be in the second apron. You do not want to be there, just because, as you said, um, you know. Besides, you won't have you don't have your tax mid-level exception. Um, mm. You cannot. This is for and a lot of these rules are starting next offseason. You can't aggregate salaries together. Mm, right, um, right. Your your draft pick is frozen seven years out. So, like, let's say if um, Phoenix was a second apron team last this past year, mm. they wouldn't have been able to add a fourth pick in the in the Brooklyn trade for uh, Kevin Durant because that mm. pick eventually would have been frozen. Yeah, I mean, there's all these different rules here. Um, we don't call it a hard cap because people don't like that. But yeah. it makes you think, you know, as far as you go to your owner and say, hey, we were able to go out and get this player. He's making $50 million. But here are the consequences, right? And here are the consequences, you know. And I think when you look at, like, you know, Boston's going to go through it we, with Tatum and Brown, who's supermax eligible. But you've got to make sure you've got your three to eight players solid. Right. The Derek Whites, the Brogdens, the, um, you know, Al Horford, Robert Williams, you know, that whole group. And it's important to have all your draft picks here. So it's uh, it's teams are going to be forced to make some difficult decisions.
1: Julius Randle. Great. Regular I thought you season. were
2: going to open up. I thought you were going to open that with uh, with Julius.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to save it. I was trying to save it because you know, I've been talking about it so much since the season's been over, since right after the game ended and fans wanted to run him out of town, you know. All-Star season, uh, third team all NBA, but you know, again, playoff demons kind of haunted him. He had an ankle injury, you could put that on him. Uh had some tough matchups with with uh, Evan Mobley and Bam Adebayo, two of the best defensive big men in the game. What do you think, you know, fans like I said, fans are ready to run this guy out of town. What, what do you think is a, a market looks like for Julius Randle at this point?
2: I think it's still strong. I, I know. I mean, I know we can go back to the, the Atlanta series in, in 21 and we yeah. can look at Miami. And you know, there was a point um, in the heat, I think it was game six, where kind of just summed up everything. Him and uh, Brunson were in the corner together. I'm thinking, like, why are you with Jalen in the corner? Right. Like, you're basically <laughs> right. like, like you're kind of in hiding here. Yeah. Um, he's on a, he's got three years left on that extension. It's a good number. I mean, the reality of it, it's a, it's a still a really good number. And yes, um, is he your number two guy on a championship team? Probably not. Right. I mean, that's, that's the reality of it. I think he's, he's had a really good regular season. He justified it with, you know, with the all-star honor. Um, You know, he's a, you know, 26, $27 million player. He guy can give you 28, 30 points. Right. I mean, that's the reality of it. Now, I think it's a matter of, what other pieces are around him for whoever is acquiring him? Like if you're if you're going out to trade him, and him being your number one guy, your number two guy, I think that's probably the long you know the w- long way to, to go about it. But I think it's I think for New York it's interesting because like I'm not sold on Obi being like your full time right like that's like and that's the other thing like you know him and him and quickly are extension eligible and I think I think Emmanuel I think you I think you could possibly get something done there. Mm-hmm. But with top end, like what's his, you know, what's the direction you're going with? What's his role going right. going forward? I think there's been moments here, but as you know, like I'm not ready to play him 30, 35 minutes and then basically shuttle Randolph. So what's what's your options there? But I think, hey, if Randall's on the roster when training camp opens, it's not the end of the world. I mean, he's still a really good player here. But I think you're probably more open to listening to teams this year than maybe you were, um, in prior year, certainly last year, his value was really low, right. Yeah. of uh, not a great year here, but, um, you know, I'm not, as I said, I'm not ready to kind of kick him out the door, but I do think you have to be open to listening to, to what, what's out there.
1: Yeah. I think you definitely have to listen, but them being two games removed from the Eastern conference finals, you know how it is in New York,
2: the bar has been moved up. Well, and- yeah, but here's the thing. Like, you know, how hard, like you make one wrong move those two, being two way two games away from the Eastern Conference would be two games into the playing. You know, like it goes yeah. like, you know, I mean, like even like I go back to even when I was in New Jersey, you know, we lose to Chicago in, in, in seven games in 2013. And we think our roster is, like, you know, we 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 thought our roster was a lot better, right? right. Like we should have been we should have been in the conference semifinals and our roster is flawed. And you go out and make a a crazy trade and it maybe helps you short term, but it sets you back long term here. And I think you have to be careful, um, you know, kind of taking that that uh, that approach here, because you do have to realize, you know, you won what, 47 games in your way, two games away from the conference finals here. And it's almost like you're you know, building a puzzle. Once you take a couple pieces off, all of a sudden they don't fit anymore here. So mm-hmm. I would just warn people to, to to be careful as far as just like throwing Julius out the door and, um, you know, bringing back two, two, two role players.
1: Right. And, you know, a lot of fans see it as, well, it's addition by subtraction because, you know, he holds onto the ball, it's sticky, he doesn't perform in the playoffs and and they want to see OB ascend into that role. I just don't think it's, it's the same team. I keep telling fans, I think 25 and 10 doesn't grow on trees. I mean- <laughs> He was a big part of them winning those 47 games. Now, what happens in the postseason, you hope that he can improve on that. But I just don't see where fans want to wish him away and and we'll get better by adding role players. Because now you're putting a lot more pressure on Jalen Brunson to be that guy every night. And I think that's unfair for him.
2: No, I totally. I totally. I mean, the other thing, too, that people have to realize, there's only 450 NBA players. So we we always talk about trades and everything, but there's only 450 of them. <laughs> like yeah, there's not yeah. like there's not like a a swimming pool of a thousand NBA players we can pick from. There's only and most of them aren't available, you know, right, unless the right. price is extremely high here. So I would just maybe like you know just hey, if a year from now if we're talking and Randall has another postseason and he's got two years left on his contract, then I would say yeah maybe yeah, there yeah. you know maybe just the we've hit an expiration date right we've had an expiration date and maybe there were you know you have to you have to do something
0: we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to indeed data
1: With quickly uh, coming, you know, close to winning that six-man-of-the-year award, he is contract extension eligible. Do you think both sides would, would be, you know, keen on getting something done this year?
2: They should. I mean, the, the non-max rookie extensions are the hardest ones. Mm. Hardest one. It's not Darius Garland or it's not um, – and Darius was – I didn't even think he was kind of a max guy, but, you know, they, they maxed him out. But he's not, you know, John Morant, guys like that that got those, those – you know, deals right off the July one, huh? but I don't think, I don't think quickly a, you know, he's not a July one guy. And when and what you see is there's really, the Knicks aren't competing against anybody, right? He's, he's, a, he's going into his fourth year. Um, most of these extensions go right up until the end of October for this case, I think October 23rd here. Um, I think there's a, a number to work out. Certainly. I think it it helps now that you can extend players for five years. Um, in the past, it could only be four if it wasn't a max contract here. I mean, you know, his star- his numbers as a starter are pretty high level um, as, you know, in and in, I guess in the 2021 20, games that he played. Um, so what's the number going to be? Is it 20? Is it 21? Mm-hmm. Is it higher than that? The thing too, is that even though this new TV money is going to eventually come in here, mm-hmm. we're not going to see this big cap spike because right, the right. most it can only increase is 10% per year is the cap. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's not like, you know, you're going to get them on a good, you know, like all of a sudden, you know, he's going to see, he's going to say, you know what, going to, there's going to be more money in 2025 and I should just wait out. Mm-hmm. No, this is kind of where, where they are. And I think you almost have to have a, there's a pecking order, right? Like where you're, where Jalen is, certainly he's not going to get more than Jalen, right? right. I, I wouldn't think um, that number here. So, I would think is it is a four for ninety? Is it you know is it four for eighty five somewhere like that? In worst case scenario, he goes into restricted free agency, and you have his rights to match, and you and you you work on something next off season.
1: Once again, we're talking to ESPN front office insider Bobby Marks. Uh, next offseason discussion. Salute to Nick Station. Hit that thumbs up button for your boys, uh, Bobby. Last night was the NBA draft lottery. Uh, Knicks fans were watching to see if there was a little glimmer of hope that they would get that uh, that that conditional uh, or protected Mavs pick, which the Mavs ended up getting at number ten. But now you're looking at two years back to back with with no first round pick. I mean, I like Hart. I, I love the Hart acquisition. I thought he was a big piece as to why they got to to where they were in the playoffs. Uh, a nice utility player. Uh, but what what do you think about that from a, from an executive standpoint? not being able to, you know, at least have some sort of talent that you can bring in here and, and develop now two years in a row.
2: Yeah. I mean, Josh is basically your first round pick, right? It's going to be a little more costly than a guy in a rookie scale contract, but yeah. that was, that was a big reason why they went out and got him in, in February because how they were situated financially, they wouldn't have been able to sign him as a free agent, right? Like just the reality of it, he wasn't going to be, you know, he's going to be more than the twelve two two number, that non-tax number here. Um, as i said you could always there's always ways to find a way to get in if you want to move you know hey maybe that that dallas pick in uh 2024 that's top 10 protect becomes more valuable maybe there's a team there's a lot of teams um that have multiples um going into the draft when you look at teams like indiana um mm. utah uh charlotte teams that have multiple multiple first tier and Um, what's the value of, um, you know, is it, you know, the, the wizard's pick, for example, here, is there value there? If you see something at like 13 or 14, maybe even back, maybe even move back here. Mm -hmm. So I think there are options for you. Um, if you want to get into the draft, I think there's always options. If you want to get into the second round, if you want to buy a pick, um, that's certainly we've, we've seen teams do that before. Uh, it's a draft of wings. Um, not many, you know, not many point guards. It's a, it's a, you know, certainly Victor at one, but then after that, it's, you know, it's a lot of wings out there. And, um, I think it's pretty deep draft here. So although you don't have one, I think there's always, I wouldn't be surprised if we're talking, you know, June 23rd and New York walks away with, you know, somewhere in the thirties, or maybe mm-hmm. even if they want to jump into, into that first round.
1: You know, even though that, that Mavs pick rolls over into 2024 with the same, with the same protections. I just can't help but think they got off very, very easy (laughs) with that intentional tank job that they pulled late in the regular season. I mean, $750,000, a slap on the wrist for Mark Cuban. On the other side, the Knicks get dinged second-round picks for what was obvious that Jalen Brunson was going to go there when his father went there. The whole CAA conglomerate is there. I just think they, they got off easy,
2: man. Well, especially that, you know, you know, I, I understood from a, from a front office perspective, I understood it, right? Like I, I understood the the Mavericks approach, right? Like basically like when, when you, when you're desperate and you run out of options, right? You're basically just throwing ever anything against the wall. So you basically shut down your players and your hope because, because of, you know, you had limited assets moving forward. I mean, you only have like one second round, I think one second round pick to movie, move, moving it in a trade here. And, you, uh, yeah, you shut down your players. I mean, you basically, you know, you know, you had no interest in getting into the playing, um, into, so I get it there, but you're right. I mean, I thought it was going to be more, um, I didn't think they were going to lose the pick. Um, but I thought, you know, um, whether it be maybe something in the future, maybe more, um, from a, from a, um, you know, cash consideration here, but it was at the end of the day, it was money well spent, right? You're Dallas, like 750 grand to be able to keep the 10th pick in the draft. To be able to add that with Luca and if we if they re Kyrie is 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 worth it. And I yeah, I mean I get it, you know, from from the Knicks perspective, like the whole Brunson situation last year, and you get dinged for right. like it's gotta be like a like there's you know, there's gotta be a you know a two-way street here. So I I totally understand from from a Knicks fan, the frustration level there, as far as um, you know how that happened, because this was your best opportunity. I think this is, was the best opportunity from a value standpoint with that pick. Like maybe next year it'll be 12 or 13. Who knows? You know, maybe another year of um, you know uh, Irving and Luca, and now it's the 20th pick in the draft instead of the 11th pick or the 12th pick here. But I just thought this was a a prime opportunity for them to add a lottery pick.
1: Yeah. Absolutely. And then on top of making the playoffs, it could have been an even better year. But, uh, you know, just just a strange, strange situation there. And in terms of, you know, the 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 value of the conditional picks, if you go back to last offseason, when they were recording for Donovan Mitchell, they were talking to Utah. There's a lot of talk that, you know, nobody wants those conditional picks. They're, they're worthless. And now they still have them. They have the Washington ones. They have the Detroit ones as well. Well, what do you think about that? The The value of these conditional picks? when you're looking to make these blockbuster trades uh, for these star players,
2: Yeah, I mean, I think if you had to rank them, um, I think you would certainly, I think the Mavericks pick certainly still has value. Uh, I think it has a lot of value. I think that Milwaukee pick in in 2025 has value. Uh, I think it's top, what is it, top four protected? Yes, top Um, four. Because who knows where that roster is going to be? Certainly with Lopez and Middleton potentially becoming free agents here. Um, I think the Wizards one is probably next in line um, if there's you know protection that come that decreases um, each year and you could potentially have a, a pick in the teens I think the Pistons one if you're probably ranking them that probably is in the bottom as far as from a, from a value standpoint so it's like it's like currency right like it's like you know some you know it's either you know you know, a, do, a, a dollar's a dollar, or maybe this is ninety cents on a dollar here. Mm-hmm. But I do think I would say probably three out of those four picks have value, I and mean, you have, you still have your own, um, you know, moving forward starting in two thousand twenty-four. Um, so you can you know move move one of those if if you want here. So they're not the unprotecteds that Brooklyn has from Phoenix, and they're not the or um, Utah has from Cleveland and Minnesota here, but they're still four picks from other teams that still have, you know, some type of value.
1: Once again, we're talking to ESPN front office insider, Bobby Marks, who's reporting live from the NBA draft combine out in Chicago. And, uh, and Bobby, you speaking on the, on the combine. Uh, are there any, you know, the, when, when you look at the NFL combine, there's always talk when you're going up into the draft about the you know this prospect had such a great combine and he's really improved his stock. Do you see the same thing with with the NBA combine? It is 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 there you know players there that really improved their prospects of, of being drafted just by how they perform in the combine? You
2: yeah, know, well, last year we had Jalen Williams from Santa Clara. Oh yeah. Played, yeah, played really well. Yeah, like really well. Um, Andrew Nemhard from Gonzaga played played really well. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, I think it's different than the NFL. Like we're not, you know, you're not going to test say, man, that guy ran a four, three Right. Right. <laughs> right. right. Like, yeah. well, what does it do for me on the basketball court? Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they're going to play five on five. It's interesting. There are a lot of players that should be playing um, that are second round picks late first. <laughs> um, I asked an agent why his player wasn't playing. And he said, well, you've seen him play 80 times already in four years. Right. right? That's, yeah, yeah. It's a. Re- that's the reality of it here. And I always say, that if you're going to play um, five on five, five, you better have a good point guard on your team because you can get lost out there. Yeah. Uh, so I would say it's I think the interviews are important. Uh, mm. Players are starting to interview Wednesday and Thursday meeting with teams. I call it speed dating because you only get 25 minutes You're going like room to room. I think getting mm. to know the player is important. The medical is certainly important as far as all that out here. The testing part, the, you know, yeah. Hey, if a guy's listed at seven foot and he comes in at six five, yeah, it's a, yeah. a problem. <laughs> <That's> right, <laughs> right? Right. So yeah. that part, yeah. But the the actual playing, um, I don't. I mean, I think the individual team workouts are more important. When that mm. player goes to visit the Knicks and you, Tibbs is on a court with him and gets to work with them, and you get a longer time to interview, which will mm. start in, uh, in about a week or two here. Or so. I don't think it has the luster um you know or the magnitude as the NFL combine it's important um mm-hmm. but if you're waiting just to come here and watch guys play and not going out and watching you know it's like studying for a test like you're mm-hmm. going to go in and probably flunk the uh, flunk the exam yeah and a
1: couple years back one guy who who came became came onto my radar from that that draft combine because you know I cover NBA more so I'm not able to watch college as much but that was Quentin Grimes yeah because at that point I did hear that Quentin Grimes was working out well he was doing well in scrimmages and, and really killing the competition now he just finished up year two for the Knicks what was your impressions of of Grimes then and and uh, what you see from him this year.
2: Well, I think the one thing is, is that you don't have to fill up a box score um, with, you know, in in the points ledger here. I think, mm. like, Christian Brown is a good example from who was at yeah. Kansas, who was, you know, it was with with Denver. You know, mm. you go out and you get 8.7 rebounds and four uh, four assists. Like, just show you can be – you can do a little bit of everything. Like, the one thing, as I always say, you don't want to do is, like, see a guy come down and just chucking up three-pointers. Three and I think for Quentin – when he was out here is that his versatility, his ability to kind of guard multiple positions here that stood out. Certainly what he did at Houston mattered. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's, that mattered a lot here. Um, But you get to, you have him in a, um, you know, in a, in a setting where he's being coached by, you know, whether it be NBA former assistant coaches or current assistant coaches here. um, And you get a kind of a familiarity here. So I would say it helped him, you know, did it get him is a reason why he got picked where he was, I'm not sure of that, but I think certainly being out here helped him. I don't think it was a negative at all.
1: Absolutely, man. And uh, last question for you. Obviously, the, the biggest news of this week uh, was the John Morant incident or, or a second offense. Uh, you know, so so much um, – a very unfortunate incident. It's yeah. uh, just, just all the way across the board, especially for a young superstar in, in this league. Uh, but, you know, what do you see as potential suspension – you know, financial ramifications? What what do you see the impacts there from from, uh, John Moran?
2: I think it's going to be significant. I mean, you saw the commissioner uh, went a Tuesday night, give give an interview with Malik Andrews, and he was like, basically said, I was stunned by it, right? Like, I was stunned by it. Um, I think certainly for him, he probably sees it as a sign of disrespect, um, certainly a sign of immaturity. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, what did you learn from the first incident? Obviously, he didn't. there's a lot of work for him to do. Um, it's the off season. Um, I think his suspension is going to be probably significant. And I think people Mm -hmm. have to realize like, there's a lot of people out there say, well, he didn't break a law. He didn't, right. He didn't didn't break a law in Colorado. He didn't break a law, wherever this happened. And it Mm -hmm. has nothing to do with the second amendment or the right. Right, right. There's nothing to do with that here. Mm -hmm. But when you're the face, one of the faces of the, of the, of the NBA, um, and a lot of kids look up to you, Mm -hmm. right. Um there are consequences for your action, and the league has a broad range of you know rules, whether it be conduct detrimental to the league um and I was in New Jersey when Jason Williams killed a limo driver mm-hmm. okay? um and jason didn't it wasn't on purpose, but he was playing around with a shotgun and mm-hmm. shot the guy now, if you're John Morant, like all it takes is one of those incidents, man. It, that's all it is. And um, what's it gonna be? Is it gonna be 20 games? Is it gonna be 25 games? I mean, the number is huge. The, whatever it is is in the financial angle it's gonna be huge because now he goes into year one of this rookie extension. Right, right. Instead of it being six hundred and whatever, seventy thousand this past year for eight games. I mean, you're looking at nine, ten million dollars mm. in lost earnings if it's a twenty-five game suspension here. Um, but I think that's a I think that's a second point. I mean, that's the financial angle, it's certainly um, but Man, like he's got such a great opportunity in front of him, right? I mean, yeah, like yeah. so I I don't know. I mean, it's you know, we he issued a statement Tuesday night. I mm-hmm. I guess we can take him by his word right now, but as you know, actions speak, right? Yeah, like yeah. I mean, what you do speak and um he, eventually you st- you run out of ch- chances, right? Like you just right. run the chances in this league.
1: Uh, absolutely, man. He he's got to get right first and foremost, and then you know who knows what happens with with the Nike deal. Uh, two days be, before the first incident, he signed that the Powerade deal to be the face of Powerade. And so, um, what what with the the team contracts, like you mentioned, Jason Williams, uh, the Giants had a similar situation with Plaxico Burris. Do these teams have in, in with the with the conduct clause? Does it make the contract voidable on
2: certain offenses? Or, or, yeah, well, Jason was interesting because Jason had gotten hurt. Um, he had broken his leg in that Atlanta game, uh-huh. and basically, he was retired at the time. Like, he was, he was done playing here when it happened here. But, yeah, I mean, they're avoidable. Uh-huh. It, it's hard, right? Like, you mm-hmm. really have it's basically like the last resort. Mm-hmm. Right, like it's the last um, resort, and it would go through a lengthy appeals process and arbitration and, and everything there. But yeah, I mean, there's a conduct clause in each in each contract does that does give the um, the organization kind of a, a a get out of you know you know a free pass as far as if they want to avoid a contract. We rarely see it. Um, you know, certainly drug. You know, if it, if it's a drug offense and a player's, right. defense, um, you know, that contract becomes voided. But in this case this would probably be the, you know, that's the last resort, right? Mm-hmm. It's the last resort as far as, um, you know, in the case of Morant. But there is protection there in, in case you need it. I got it. Well, i well, will have to see what happens
1: there, man. But, Bobby, I, I definitely appreciate the time. Uh, best of luck at the draft combine. A- any content coming out soon that, that uh, we should stay our fans to?
2: Well, we've got the offseason guides up, all 26, 26 out of the 30 teams. Um, we are working on um, some offseason projects, some free agency stuff that will come out probably sometime in, um, in mid-June and everything. And, um, yeah, I mean, whenever Boston or or Phil- or Boston or, um, Miami or Denver or the Lakers get eliminated, we'll have their off-season, uh, offseason article up.
1: Sounds good, man. Well, hopefully around free agency time you, you can come back on the show and uh, we, we can talk some more then. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me. All right, Bobby. Thanks again.